Welcome to the Diana Get Social podcast, where we talk about social media, mindset, and all things that fall under the business umbrella. I'm your host, Diana Brasino, founder of DGS Studio. We specialize in social media strategy and content creation for human-centered brands. We believe in the power of people-first thinking, and we apply that to help clients consistently deliver meaningful content that actually helps establish them as a clear go-to option in their customers' eyes. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So when it comes to finding the right person for social media, it can be really confusing territory. Plus, it gets kind of scary sometimes because you're essentially trusting somebody with your account who, if they're not responsible, they could damage it. And you really need to know what to look out for when you're hiring. So because of this, I'm always really on the lookout for people in my field who never sacrifice their integrity and just really take care of their clients because sometimes people just don't want to educate their clients because they're afraid of giving that pushback. So one of the things I've noticed since social media is still a relatively new thing is that people aren't aware what social media related jobs really entail. So like, is the person managing the content? Are they also doing community management? Are they curating? Are they creating? Are they writing copy? So rather than being upset, and complaining about, you know, this client said this, and this client said that. I really want to go at this today from more of an educational perspective. So our listeners just get some insights on a day in the life of a social media person, you know, whatever that kind of job entails for that person, um, hiring do's and don'ts and any tips that we want to get out to you. So I'm actually really excited today because I have a really awesome guest and her name is Natasha. She is the founder of Soul Studio Marketing and she's absolutely amazing at what she does. And I'm gonna go ahead and label her as a social media unicorn, which is basically somebody that is strategic and creative. She's got those both. So I'm just gonna go ahead and hand it over to Natasha so she can introduce herself to you guys and you guys get to know her better. Hello, and thank you for that introduction. A unicorn. I love it. I hope it's a yellow unicorn. I don't know if that would, how that would look, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I'm the founder of Soul Studio, which is an Instagram studio that really focuses on creative content, storytelling, and strategies for creative entrepreneurs and specifically female entrepreneurs. So not only do I create the content and strategize with my clients, but I also have educational materials like courses and resources. And that's my jam. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, that is awesome. I remember I found your account. I was like, okay, this girl really knows what she's doing. And that yeah. was me with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, you know, because like, I just like, I see a lot of accounts that, you know, aren't giving out a lot of value and they totally should. And that's what you're doing. So you're just really setting a great example. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. And so for our listeners, basically what we're going to do is we have a set of questions lined up. So I'll ask a question and Natasha's going to answer and then I'll answer. Um, if she feels like switching up the order, we can do that too. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can get started with what a typical work week looks like. So I guess Natasha, if you want to basically let people know more about like the kind of work that you take on and then going into it, we can start like that. 
Yeah. So a typical work week, um, I feel like this is the most annoying thing to say, but each week really does vary. Some weeks are super client focused where I'm like batching content, which usually includes like writing captions, creating graphics and visuals and like planning ahead. Um, so that's like what a lot of my client work looks like. Um, but then I'm also doing business development stuff. So doing my own content, filming videos, doing lives, all of those different types of things. Um, and then just kind of working on that next project. I feel like you always like finish a project and you're like, Oh, I'll never have another project ever again. And like that never happens. So like working on new course content or all those different types of things is kind of like what my day to day looks like. But when it comes to like client work, um, I usually am kind of just creating a plan for that next quarter for that next month. Um, and just writing all the captions and copy to go with it, creating those visuals and really making sure everything is a cohesive brand and really tells a really awesome story. So that's kind of what I do for my clients week to week. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like the whole thing, right? Like all like the creative, the strategy, like all in ones, like some people, like they just do like the management part and like she does everything. Um, what I do, like I used to be a social media manager and I've transitioned more into like a creator role or a consultant role. So it kind of depends what I get hired for. So my days, just like you, they're super different. Um, so sometimes I'm just hopping on zoom calls and talking to people and getting to know their accounts. And we're going through like how they can set up spreadsheets to track the metrics on their accounts and decide basically what are some of their top performing pieces of content that they could find subtopics to elaborate on and create more content around. Um, which is especially important when people are deciding like, oh, I, I want to make an IGTV or I want to make a blog or anything that's just a longer form piece of content um, rather than just kind of like pulling something out of nowhere. And then you're like, oh man, <laughs> that didn't do so well. Yeah. And then like the more creative side of things and yeah, like I'll be hopping on calls with people like discovery calls usually and getting to understand the scope of the work. Um, sometimes people want a template for their accounts, but turns out that they have a much deeper issue that goes beyond design. So um, they might also get like design and strategy work. Um, so they'll be creating those templates for them or even like some writing material, like I think some copywriting for like their websites I help with too. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like a lot of misconceptions, especially I think with social media management. So like what are some of the things that usually people hire you or maybe not yet hire you, but they're talking to you and they maybe aren't aware like, okay, like this isn't something that like is usually offered with social media, just any kind of misconceptions that you can basically uh, clarify. Mm, yeah, I feel like even kind of when we were explaining our weeks, I think the biggest misconception is that all social media gals are the same and that we offer the same things or we focus on the same things, but we're all different. And I feel like, I mean, both of us at one time were probably complete managers and did like everything, but we've niched down to what we really are good at. So that's like the biggest misconception is that when you're searching around for social media managers, that you're going to find one that's just the best fit for you and does everything. I think it's kind of honing in on like what you really need help with um, and kind of everyone's different style. So I like that that's the biggest misconception in that like social media managers do one thing, but we do like everything like copywriting, designing, strategy. Like there's so many different things that go into whatever role you're playing for clients. Yeah, that's totally, that's actually something that like when I was working social media management, like it's good to have all of those skills, but realistically speaking, like I'm not good at everything. So there were times where I wanted some support in a role, but we just didn't get it. And people just didn't realize that, 
hey, you know, like one person can't realistically do everything for all of these accounts. Like I was one time I was managing like 37 accounts and I was responsible for like social media management and blogs and newsletters. Mm. Um, so it's people just kind of understanding that it's not just like find a picture and post it. That's it. You know? No. So there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, understanding what's doing well, understanding a little bit of design writing, and then also realizing that there's trade-offs sometimes, you know, it's not one person to do everything. You might need to hire some, some assistants. And mm -hmm. I guess like misconceptions for what I do, which is, I guess I call myself more of like a content creator. I call, I'm calling myself more of like a, a social media strategist and creator because I was getting a lot of people that kind of just assume that since I'm creating that I am heavily into graphic design, which is something that I studied. Um, but I was getting like a lot of requests to do logos and um, flyers or just things of that nature. Um, so for what I do, which is pretty new too, you know, I feel like as social media is continuing to grow, there's a lot more new, uh, professions, including mine, including ours, you know, both of ours. So it's just really important to be very specific about, um, what we're doing. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. I was in a role at one point where I was doing the newsletters, the blogs, like all the platforms and every platform is so different. Like, I feel like probably both of us could say like, we definitely have platforms we favor and platforms. We don't even talk about Twitter. What is a Twitter? I don't tweet. <laughs> Yeah. That's like mine where I'm like, no, me too. You know, it's literally, like, I know it's important, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I haven't really invested that much time to try and figure it out. Um, I'm more of like an Instagram girl. And clearly we are both on. Literally we're Instagram girls. <laughs> <laughs> like lately I've been dabbling in LinkedIn. Um, me too. I've liked LinkedIn. LinkedIn's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Slideshows do really well on there too. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, just putting that out there. Um, and what else I've been writing too, which has been interesting, but that's been for like the past week. So I can't really say for sure if that's like my new thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, and so like, what would be one of the most frequently asked questions that you get? Mm, that is a good question. <laughs> um, I feel like it depends on what's like circulating in the Instagram sphere. Yeah. But I feel like as of now, the question I've been getting a ton of is like, how do you not run out of ideas or how do you find ideas to post about? Mm -hmm. um, and for me, and I, maybe you can relate to this, I feel like I have too many ideas. Like I'm like, should I post 10 times a day? Like, is that what I should get into the habit of doing? Um, but I think it really comes down to, and my answer to that, you know, I don't have ideas, is really just like training your brain to think of everything in your day-to-day -day as content. Questions you get from your clients, posts you see in Facebook, news articles you're reading, podcasts you're listening to, stuff you're consuming yourself, or just like your day-to-day -day life. Everything is content in my brain. And so just always thinking of a way, like when you get those idea to store them for sometimes, yeah, we're not as inspired and don't have as many ideas, but just kind of storing them when you get those nuggets, just like getting in the habit of storing them because I feel like it's definitely like habitual for us, but I totally understand how if your toes are in all these different buckets that you might not necessarily think, okay, I need to jot this down and, and think of it as content. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, <laughs> I think it's probably also like my most frequently asked question as well. I'm like, I'm being yeah. done. And, you know, how do I get people to see my content? Because, like, oh, my God, organic reach, this and that. Um, it's like, I don't even know which one I should answer. Maybe I should right. answer your organic reach one since you answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on both, though, because I would love to hear, like, your process with storing ideas because that's kind of mine is, like, when you get them, store them. But, like, what would be your response to that? 
Yeah. You know, like it definitely is nice when inspiration is there, but usually it's a jerk and it doesn't show up just when I want it. So I'm really big on being in constant conversations with my audience because then you don't really rely on inspiration in that case. I mean, you are smart about what you're doing. You're knowledgeable. And if you understand your audience, then you just have to know what their pain points are and be able to elaborate on that with your knowledge. Um, but when inspiration does strike, you can bet that I am pulling out my phone wherever I am, a napkin, my phone, I don't care. Yes. And I'm writing that down. <laughs> and I have <laughs> same thing. I remember you and I were DMing each other when IGT released a whole series. Yes, the series. Yes. Mind yeah. explosion. Like literally. <laughs> like the next day I, or the same day, I don't remember which, I categorized everything. Me too. I was like, okay, everything's category now. This is done. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely. It's like inspiration. Don't rely on inspiration. It's just one of those things that when it's there, it's nice to have. I compare it to like, I don't know how many of you guys play or ever played Super Mario games, but I relate it to getting a power up where like, it's nice if you can get a power up, but you don't need it to complete the level. You know, totally. that's a really good analogy for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, as far as organic reach, which if you want to like share your thoughts on that too, um, you know, some people say it's dying and other people say it's already dead. I, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure if it's fully dead. I do think it's going down. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ways to bypass it. And if you're not collaborating, if you're not, creating great content and you're just kind of creating something and just putting it out there and then forgetting about it, then yeah, you're not going to get any engagement. But if you're building relationships and you are smart about maybe like the hashtags that you use, um, looking at your insights, um, being consistent, being active with your content, um, even creating, um, I've been trying to decide on a name to call this. I guess I'll call it like anchor themes or anchor content um, that people know, okay, every single week on Tuesday, Diana is doing a mini training or she's putting out an IGTV, then have things that keep people coming back for more and have initiatives that you're not just talking to your own audience, but you're also cross-pollinating with other people's audiences um, and not just anybody, you know, other quality accounts that have an audience that resembles who you want to reach because chances are they'll like you, you'll like them. So. Yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I always say when people are struggling with reach is that, are you using stories? Because I think just using your feed posts are not enough. And just like you said, consistent and quality content, I think is just the key on Instagram is you have to be hitting both those marks to really be like reaching people, I think. Yeah, definitely. And like, I, I notice a lot of people are scared to show up on stories because they're like, oh my God, like I'm scared to sound awkward or I don't know what to say. Um, and <laughs> I mean, tough love, but you are going to be awkward at first. Yep. Um, but that's how you learn just by being awkward and people can judge. They will judge. I won't lie and sugarcoat things. You know, they can judge, but those people usually aren't doing more than you are. So, you know, go out there, look silly, learn and adapt and do your best. Um, mm. So like that actually kind of brings me to the next question, which was like the three most common mistakes that we were doing on social media. Like it doesn't have to be three. Like if you have just like two or even if you have like four, whatever. Um, I can think of three. 
yeah. three good ones. So <laughs> I feel like the biggest one is like not having that first line of a caption be super engaging yes. where it's just like a happy Monday or a hi, how are you doing type of thing where it's super generic. Like that first line of your caption should be like a blog title or a newsletter subject. Like it should really draw people in because they're just going to keep scrolling if it's not. So that's like the biggest one is like having that engaging first line. Um, another really big one that I think we're both really good at is having text on stories. Like it's almost like mandatory. Like I feel like if I'm putting a, a different graphic or story up without text, like it needs to have it because I know I I don't listen to sound on stories all the time. So some people aren't and they won't really engage with your content if there aren't some type of caption on your stories. And then the third one would be making sure there's a call to action in your bio, um, whether it's to join your newsletter or shop your items or to connect on a discovery call, like whatever your call to action is, is having that in your bio. So people know what to do when they click the link in your bio and they don't just have tons of options and don't know what to do. So there are like three that I'm like, we need to fix these these are great. <laughs> you said happy Monday. I just cringed inside. I know. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> or happy Friday. That's another one. Oh yeah. Oh, happy Monday. And happy, those are the, those are the ones. <laughs> oh my God. I just get so tired of them. It's like, okay, say something else. Everyone gets tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you're so right. And like, actually like anybody who's listening and like you too, like if you want this, by the way, Natasha, I have, um, this content planning doc on Airtable and what I have on there is I have this little formula where it calculates the characters that are allowed on the first line. So I know where I'm going to cut off. Nice. Anybody that's listening that wants to write a captivating headline or first sentence that doesn't get cut off, just send me a DM and I will send you that formula. That's awesome. Very cool. And you covered a lot of the mistakes I was thinking of too. Um, (laughs) I feel like those three are just like the ones that seem like the most obvious to people that are like in this space, but they can make such a big difference when you like change them, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm trying to think of, okay, actually I got one. Yeah. So one of the mistakes that I noticed people make, you know, in addition to the three mistakes that Natasha mentioned is that that little first line in their bio where their name is with the bold text, a lot of people don't optimize that. And they don't realize that part is searchable. So they'll just put something vague or filler words that don't really need to be there. So realize that that part in your bio is searchable on Instagram. So like if you are a personal trainer, like don't just put your name just for like Jennifer, you know, put, you know, I don't want to say like put fitness. That's pretty like generic too, but think of some words, like do some research, like see what comes up when you type different keywords onto Instagram to get ideas of what you can put there to optimize your page for discovery. Um, Oh, actually, yeah. The other one is having a profile picture that is very clear that it's of you, you know, not like, like don't wear sunglasses that basically covers your face and, you know, people don't know who you really are or like a logo. Like if you are a personal brand, especially you want to have your face on there. And mm-hmm. actually I need, I want to change my profile picture because I'm not facing the camera. Um, but yeah, this tip is face the camera. Mm. don't be too far away you know a nice clean shot and my final one is being afraid to experiment with different Mm. types of content because a lot of the times you know we we get comfortable right we notice that oh this specific kind of post is doing very well like right now like I don't know about like the rest of Instagram but at least like in my space carousel content is really big Mm. um 
So I was like, okay, I'm getting pretty comfortable with this kind of content and I don't want to be comfortable because then I'm not going to innovate. So I was trying to find ways to switch it up. So I've started including video in some of my carousels or just even did entirely different types of posts like um, with Mojo app. Love it. I wish they had desktop of it. Like when they get that, yeah. they can take all my money. Like I'm done. They can have it all. <laughs> I know. I, I wish they had that. And I wish I had like some more options too on formatting. Yeah. But they're, they're innovating, which I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> but if Mojo app is listening, like if you guys yes. yeah, spacing on there, Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, little tweaks. We love you. We love you, though. <laughs> but I think that's a really good one is I have even gotten comfortable and I don't know when this is coming out, but you know, spoiler, I'm getting away from my yellow down the grid. I'm changing that. I, I've had it since my Instagram was conceived, but I'm like bored with it. And I'm like, I want to try something new. I want to be able to kind of not go with a, you know, a structured pattern, which I think patterns have a place and everything like that. But really having fun with your content. I think if you're not having fun with your content, like people can tell. So like making sure you're experimenting to be like, wow, this actually might be really fun. Like I remember I made a Beyonce meme once and I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy for just randomly out of the blue posting a Beyonce meme. And it was like one of my most saved posts. And I'm like, okay, experimenting. The power of it is so powerful. Yes, that's so good. And yeah, like you're, I think you're doing the right thing here because when you confine yourself to a pattern, I mean, if you can keep it up, that's great. But mm-hmm. that sometimes is like a, like a creativity block too. Cause then you have totally. too many restrictions. I remember I had this professor in college and he was saying that, you know, it is good to have some limitations for creative work to think outside the box. But then there is such thing as having too many restrictions where it's like, okay, like, now what? So kind of break Absolutely. that. Yeah, it's good. Plus people, yeah, people look at your grid and it is important to have like a nice grid, but it doesn't need to be like everything is, you know, interlocking, like one of those puzzle grids where it's like, I know. Oh, those give me headaches. That's so exhausting. (laughs) And I always, you know, I have a lot of, when I did strategy sessions, I always would have clients where they're like, Oh, I want to have like a pattern like you. And I'm like, you don't need to have a pattern. I think some people really like that structure. It lets them know what kind of content they need, but like kind of going with the flow can also be really awesome as well when it comes to like especially with how Instagram's changing, like, like bloggers and influencers, some aren't even filtering their images and they have their, you know, their cellulite or unfiltered faces and stuff. And that is like performing well. And I think it's really cool. is like getting into that real space. And cause aren't the RA, the AR, <laughs> AR filters, like they're not doing where you can alter your faces. I've heard that's a thing, like no plastic surgery yeah. filters I've heard is like kind of a new movement Instagram's going towards. So I think it's, I think it's good to kind of show that you know, off the cusps every once in a while. Yeah. Plus it just makes it more, um, maybe like healthy too for your mental health. Agreed. Very much so. Especially the whole filtering. Cause, um, I used to have a fitness page and I just felt so much pressure to look a certain way. And, yeah. you know, like there was like Facetune and everything. And I like, I confess I used Facetune to like smooth out blemishes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then you just kind of start creating these insecurities when it's like, oh no, like I have this on my face in real life. I don't want to do stories because I can't face tune my stories. Mm. So I, I really like that trend because it makes it easier to just push content and feel good about yourself as well. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like kind of going back to, you know, when people are hiring 
uh, help for social media. And I say social media person, not to like sound totally uneducated, but just because there's so many different types yes. of social media people, uh, so many kinds of roles. So for somebody like yourself, what are some do's and don'ts that you would tell people to keep an eye out for when hiring? Yes. So I feel like one of the biggest ones is, and a lot of other social media managers might be mad at me for saying this, but I feel like you have to look at their social media. Um, I think showing that they put the effort into their own content, see how they write, see how they use emojis, see how they, you know, feature their own clients and those different types of things. I think that's really important. Um, and that kind of goes into the, the other tip I have is really making sure you know what type of style you want. Do you want something really polished and professional or maybe something more personal and storytelling, which is kind of what I do for my clients. Like if it's a really big client and they're kind of more of a brand and they're not a personal brand, it might not be as great of a fit because I feel like I strive off those more personal stories better. Um, so kind of just knowing what style you want, making sure you're looking at that style and then just knowing what actual deliverables do you want or just asking if you don't know, because some people think they need all these different elements but maybe you just want someone to schedule and create Instagram posts, which is exactly what I do. I no longer engage and do comments and all that type of stuff because that's just not really my jam. But yeah. if you want a community manager that's going to engage and grow your account and really make those authentic relationships, that's someone else too. So kind of just knowing like what you need the most help with without, I feel like this is like outsourcing tips in general. I've been like growing my team and that's been something is like really playing into people's strengths and not expecting people to be like, you know, do everything. Those would be like the three tips I can think of. Yeah. No, and I think it's so good too that you just stop doing the community management parts too because I remember I was so <sighs> out um, at the end of 2018, which was like the last time I managed a social media account. I was like, I am done doing yeah. like all the like liking and everything. It was mm -mm. just, it's hard because, you know, I. it's like, I feel like our brains just aren't up to date with everything that's going on now with like how fast paced the delivery of information is that we can't health healthily process this. And, um, like I have a hard time sometimes with depression and with anxiety. So like, I don't know if it's because of that, that I had like a little breakdown. Um, mm -hmm. but I think it's something that affects anybody really, you know, regardless if they have mental Absolutely. issues or not. Um, it can get toxic if you're not careful about your consumption and the way that you basically are active on, on social media. Um, and I think you like same with like all other questions. I think you said like some things that basically cover, um, my do's and don'ts as well. Um, so I'll go at it more from the creative angle. Um, so for content creation, um, one of the, um, do's and don'ts is to basically have already a visual brand identity put together. So a lot of times people want to have like content created and they will tell you, um, okay, I want it to look like this, this, and this, and they're entirely different looks and they don't have like their brand colors. They don't have fonts. Um, and it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm not saying don't get a logo, but it's not that big of a deal if they don't have a logo, but the most important thing for content creation is to have those colors is to have those fonts just to create consistency across mm. the content. So if you don't already have that, do get that and you can even do it. You know, if you're really on a tight budget, you can do it on your own, like go on Pinterest, go online, you know, research some color palettes some color combinations, um, font combinations, and you can come up with it yourself, um, or just hire the person to do it so that you can make sure that your content is consistent. Um, 
And then kind of just like expanding too on what you were mentioning about, you know, somebody comes up to you and they want this, but turns out they need other things is make sure that whoever you're talking to for any kind of help and not just in social media, but I think this applies to a lot of things doesn't just do what you're asking them to do in the sense of like you go on a call and they're like, I need a template. And they're like, okay, cool. It's going to be a hundred dollars, whatever. Just throw the number out there. Mm -hmm. Make sure the person kind of just pokes and prods to really understand what the root of your problem is. Like, um, I had a client who wanted templates because their engagement was really suffering. And it turns out that, yeah, you know, they did need help with their content creation with, um, the visuals, but their copy was suffering. Mm -hmm. So meaning they were basically attracting other industry experts because their language was just off. It was a little bit too technical. Um, so you know you're talking to somebody that's experienced when they're asking these questions to really get to the root of it all. And it's not to rip you off. It's to really understand what's going to uh, solve your problems. Yes, I completely agree with that. I think you'll often hear like people say on discovery calls, like don't give too much value. But I think like, it sounds like you, you roll like this too, but I love to tell them like what I would implement, what the strategy would look like, what I would need from them. Um, even reminds me, you were talking about bots and everything. If I see that their engagement and following ratios are really off, I'm like, have you used bots in the past? Like asking those questions, because once you start that relationship, you don't want to be like, oh, you have no brain branding. Oh, you've been using bots for five years. Like all these different types of, it's like getting in a relationship. It really is. So like kind of making sure you're doing that background work for both parties, I think is really important. Yeah. Oh my God. Those bots, they, I can't even tell you how crazy they drove me and all of the social media accounts I manage. Like the crazy thing is like, you'll tell people what they can do. They'll destroy your account, but then sometimes people will go behind your back and put them on you the account. Do so it. Oh. Like, like trust your social media manager, trust whoever you hired. Like, yes, you know, they should listen to you, take what you say into consideration, but do listen to them when they tell you there is no way that bots are ever a good idea. No, there's like all these engagement agencies that I see popping up and Gary. they're not real agencies. They're just like some person, I don't know even where that ask you for mm. hashtags and similar accounts that they can go and put a bot on your accounts. Like there is no right way. Don't do it guys. No, Don't no, but yeah. And this also goes back to like looking at your social media managers accounts. Like if those engagement ratios are off, like how many likes and comments they're getting on a post doesn't really match up how many people are following them. Like don't take that as something you shouldn't look into. Like that does like social media managers can do those types of things like slimy things too. So just yeah. like, don't do bots. Just don't please. Yeah. <laughs> God. That should be on a coffee mug. Yes. Don't do bots. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it's really true though. And I was like, I've seen the stories bots are a new thing. What is the stories bots oh, thing? All those hearts, but Instagram is cracking down on them right now. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fast crackdown. Um, I noticed it on one of my stickers, but then I noticed a lot of other people posting. I was like, oh my gosh, is this the new thing? Like, this is so silly, but uh, bots. Yeah. Bots. No, I haven't posted a question sticker in a while. Um, I did notice them on a poll sticker, but it was mm. actually, it was just one person, but I'm seeing other people get a ton of them, like little hearts and really too. Ugh, I know yeah. that is so mm. annoying. Um, but yeah, like what you were saying, I, I think you probably already mentioned this, but like just in case, but yeah, like the poll ratio and um, making sure that the person that you're hiring is active, super important, especially for hiring a social media manager. Cause if they're not consistent with their own content, then 
that might be a sign that they're a bit of a mess. So. Yeah, because I get being busy and wanting to focus on your client work, but I think like you have to always fall back on your brand. And if they have a strong brand, then that means they'll make your brand shine too. Thank you so much for listening to the Diana Get Social podcast. And if you love this episode, here are more places that you can find my content to help you master your social presence. You can follow me on social media at Diana Get Social for daily updates. And for access to insights, templates, and worksheets, sign up for my weekly email updates through the link in this podcast episode description, or you can go on my website at dgsstudio.com. And if you'd like to learn more about what we can do for you at DGS Studio, just visit our website and fill out the contact form to schedule a complimentary introductory call. Thank you guys again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week for our next episode of the Diana Get Social podcast.